VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. If you haven't noticed, we are in a spiritual battle. The battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. It's against spiritual wickedness in high places. And friends, whether you realize it or not, the youth of this generation have a big target painted on their back. It is young people, it is teenagers, it is college age, it is young adults that are being targeted heavily in this spiritual battle. But how do we fend off such conflict? Is it possible to have victory? Well, joining us today, we welcome back to our studios Carl Kirby, president and founder of Reasons for Hope. Prior to forming Reasons for Hope, he was a founding board member of Answers in Genesis, served there for some 15 years. Carl is a former air traffic controller at Chicago O'Hare. He's co-creator and host of the video series Weapons of Mass Instruction, presenter of the DVD series for teens, Demolishing Strongholds, and presenter on the Becoming Bold series for teens and adults. He's a producer of the debunked video series, also an author of numerous books, including the latest release, Did Jesus Commit Suicide? and 27 Other Questions. Carl, welcome back here to Crosstalk. Mr. Jim, it is always a privilege to be with you. Thank you for letting me be here. Also with us today, we have Frank Figueroa, Jr., who has uh, pastored for many years in Hawaii. Uh, he's a presenter for Reasons for Hope. He's uh, been a presenter at a number of Christian and private homeschool uh, conferences, a keynote speaker at the Hawaii uh, Hawaii Homeschool Conference, and uh, has spoken at private schools uh, as well. And uh, Frank, good to have you here in studio. Aloha. Thank you for having me. Very good. Good to have you with us. Uh, Carl, we've seen some pretty alarming statistics through the years as mm. it relates to young people walking away from their faith. Are we getting any better at this, or is there still uh, a huge problem out there? Oh, it's a huge problem. Uh, just this last year, Gallup released their latest uh, survey of, uh, results, and it showed that less than 15%, less than 15% of evangelicals, quote-unquote, have a biblical worldview. So... When you don't have a biblical worldview, there's no way that you're going to be able to withstand what, the, what Satan is throwing at him. Satan doesn't play fair, and he comes after him with all the questions like you've talked about in like our book. You know, uh, People don't believe me when I say that, did Jesus commit suicide? That was a real question. I had never been asked that question until last year, and that was at a camp in Hemet, California, 20 minutes into a Q&A where you know, we hand out index cards on day one and say, what questions are keeping you from selling out for God? Turn it in. You know, Write it down. Turn it in. And I'm 20 minutes into a Q&A, and I pull it out, and it's, well, if suicide is a sin, didn't Jesus sin because he committed suicide? And that now, since that last year, I don't know what it is. I've been asked it five times over the last year. So the questions are there, and there's a hunger there for people that really want answers. And and this is what I'm encouraged, though, by Mr. Jim, is that, yes, they're asking questions, but there's a hunger for an answer. It's not just people flippantly most of the time throwing a question out there to try to get you, you know? They're literally looking for answers. And so uh, that's what we want to be able to give to people are reasons for hope, answers for the reason for the hope that lies within them. I I know, Frank, uh, as a young person, you kind of struggled in this area as well, uh, looking for answers and and wanting that uh, guided for you. Uh, Until somebody shared with you a copy of Evidence That Demands a Verdict, uh, tell us the background there. Um, Yeah, so I was a person who was in the world, and uh, long story short, I uh, started attending a Bible study in which uh, someone was bold enough to share with me one verse, take five minutes of their time, and give me um, some answers to some of the things that I had had. Within the course of that Bible study, uh, they recommended a book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. And after reading through even the preface of that book and seeing that he said he went around college campuses and asked people, if I could convince you beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Word of God is actually true, that Jesus actually came and died and rose again from the dead, would you believe? And 80% of people still said no. And so it wasn't a matter of convincing people. It was a matter of the Holy Spirit quickening the heart, but being prepared with an answer to give them when they were ready for that question to be answered. And so uh, it convinced me as far as the resurrection, as far as so many things in Christendom, and it became one of my passions to be always prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. So did you have a background in 
the Bible in any degree before coming across that? No. Uh, I, I, I was a person who was raised and uh, going to church was once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of everybody was um, religious or good or whatever you want to call it. And so, no, not much information at all. And so I had just started getting into the Bible and hadn't really realized all of the truth claims that were being made. And so all of a sudden it came to a point where it wasn't just reading the Bible, but it was that this was not just a story. This could be proven. This was something that was factually true and really real. And it really, uh, as someone who's into the sciences, it really uh, caused me to change my perspective. Do we make a mistake when we say Bible story? Yes, absolutely. And and that's what I think a lot of people have when they're young. They go to church and they learn in Sunday school, quote unquote, Bible stories. And then when they hit high school, later years and college, they learn, quote unquote, reality or truth. And mm-hmm. that's where the, the problem comes in. And I think if we had focused on telling people from the beginning, which is one of the points of reason for hope, is telling them that these are not just stories. These are actual accounts of things that actually happen. It's really real that maybe we would be more productive in getting people to see the reality and the truth of the Scripture. Carl, as I mentioned at the outset of the program, I talk about the big old target that's on the back of teens and young adults, college age, uh, young people as well here today. What type of impact is the cell phone having upon this generation? And I'm going to couple with that, uh, you know, the pad type devices as well as social media as a whole. Yeah, the smart devices. Hmm? Well, I'll tell you what, you don't even have to take me as a Christian, my word for it. Go do some research from a a secular person who's a, a... uh, head of the psychology department at San Diego State University, and she wrote a book. It's got a really long title, and all you have to do uh, is is look up Gene Twins, J-E-A-N-T-W-I-N-G-E. And her research shows that suicide is the number two killer of teenage young ladies in America. Number one cause of uh, suicide is anxiety and depression. Number one cause of anxiety and depression is the smart devices. Everything shows right now that uh, this younger generation is spending anywhere from uh, 10 to 11 hours a day on these devices, okay? Now, we say that's impossible, but no, what, what's happening is that they're better at multitasking than you're in my generation. Like, like I'm multitasking right now. I'm waving my hands and speaking at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're not only talking, they're texting, they're driving, and they got music playing. So it's 11 to 12 hours of media a day that they are absorbing, and it's having a direct impact. Gene Twenge, one of the direct quotes out of there, is so powerful. It says, if you could do anything anything Mm -hmm. to help with the mental health of this younger generation is get them off of the smart devices. Have them do anything other than on a smart device. They're destroying a generation. And I can hear some people out there say, well, Carl, we know you. You you carry a smart device and you have an app and you have, you know, you're on TikTok and you're on Facebook and you're on all these things. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now that if I had no choice, I wouldn't be there in a heartbeat. But I know this, what we're trying to do is reach a generation on there to show them that there is another way because this message of that they're getting from the world is destroying them. So we want them to hopefully, if they see some of the stuff that we do, we're going to tell them to get off of it, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Matter of fact, I gave a talk, and this is real quick. Augusta, Georgia, gave a talk on the media. I got done. They had a picnic afterwards. A pastor came up to me and said, did you hear what happened? I said, no, what happened? 13-year-old girl in the middle of your service, she turns to her grandmother, gives her her cell phone and says, I don't need this anymore. That's the result that I'm asked, hopefully going to get when I do the media talk. Yes, we have to educate. We have to challenge. But it's a reality. How do we deal with it? Let's bring into our discussion parental instruction and oh. parental interaction. Yeah. Is it happening? No. Unfortunately, not, and that's it's a sad thing. And I don't want to, be, not for the most part. We can't we we can't say blanket. No, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say that because I mean that's a that's a broad swath to throw. Uh, for the most part, it's not happening, and 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 that's very easy to do by just coming out to a camp and talking with the kids with us. Because when you talk with the the kids and they ask questions, and I'll ask them point blank, do you ask your parents these questions? And they don't. Why? They just don't have that type of a relationship. It's like parents are themselves are stuck on the smart devices and not talking with their kids. And it's just like a lot of these young folks, man, the smart devices are impacting not just younger generation, but the whole culture at large, period. And so they don't have those relationships. And so we're trying to say, parent, you got to you got to. Lead by example here, and so if you if you think your child is the one messing up on there, how much how many how many hours are you spending on this thing? How many hours do you have your face stuck in these types of things as well? And sit down because to me, real evangelism is a conversation. 
converse with your children in conversation. Mm-hmm. Get an 1828 dictionary. Look up the word uh, definition for conversation. It's not just the words of our mouth. It's our life. It's everything that we do. It's it, it just it's everything that we do. And I'm sure, Frank, you have uh, no doubt uh, seen the situation where a family is going out to eat at a restaurant and everybody <laughs> sitting at the same table are on their own smart device. Yes. And actually, that is one of the biggest benefits that I saw this past year. And I spoke as I spoke at uh, five different camps mm-hmm. is that the camps do not allow smart yes. devices mm-hmm. to yes. be had. Yeah. And so therefore, you have time for conversations. Yes. We met this one young man in particular in um, Ohio, Millersburg, Ohio, and he was passed off to his grandmother because his mom kind of couldn't be bothered. His father was incarcerated and he sat down with us on the first day that we were there when we were having lunch. And he said, well, I don't really believe in the church because it's full of hypocrites. And I said, sadly, I agree to a certain extent. But the whole point is that there are no real hypocrites in the church because we all have to admit that we're failures before we're a part of it. You know, we're all sinners that fall short. So what is it that I can help you to understand? And because he didn't have something to distract him, we spent hours over that week Mm -hmm. hanging out over lunches, over free time. And um, being able to share the gospel with this young man, and eventually he surrendered his heart to Christ, and with a one-day-old testimony, got up and shared with 160 other campers that this was something that he had never known before. But the big prayer was, and April and I have been praying for him regularly, what happens now when he goes home and he's got all the things that can easily distract again? And so uh, it it is a big problem, but it's something that we uh, definitely saw beneficial as to being in the camps in order to not be distracted by the things that can easily dissuade. We were, Jim, we were in 19 camps over nine weeks this summer. I mean, we were camp going machines. And the results that every one of those camps was the same. Every one of those camps have invited us to come back. Hmm. And the one story that just strikes me to reinforce what uh, Mr. Frank there said this young man came up to me at the end of the camp. He was the jock, and I'd, I'd been messing with him the whole camp because I get out there and mess around with the guys. I'm doing the sports and the activities with him and uh, just gave him the business the whole week. He was giving it back. At the end of the camp, he comes up to me, and he says, Mr. Kirby, I just want you to know I have serious learning disabilities, and I never knew that I could learn so much. This honestly is what we're running into as a generation that wants something solid. They want something firm. And... uh we saw we saw a bunch of salvations. Right. I, I can't. I, we didn't keep a count, but I'm telling you, we had baptisms, we had salvations, we had serious commitments. Uh, it's 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 encouraging, it's exciting. So we don't want to be negative downer folk. Yes, there's a battle going on, but the king is still on the throne, and we Amen. can still have an impact. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we're up against a break here, and uh, we are going to take the break and come back, and we're going to look at some of these questions that okay. teens are asking today, and how do we deal with these issues, and uh, how do we give solid truth in this time of uncertainty in this world? Uh, there's a lot of despair in this world. Is there hope? Well, stay tuned. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Uh, we have a couple of representatives today from Reasons for Hope, Carl Kirby, Frank Figueroa Jr., and we'll be back in just one minute. This is Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, does evolution ever go backwards or reverse itself? Chris, I don't think evolution occurs at all. God created each basic category of life. They may have varied, but this is not evolution. For evolution, you have to have new genes, new traits, new body parts, not just variety of the old. Sometimes evolutionists claim that evolution reverses itself and goes backwards. For instance, some are now claiming that the chimps, which are basically tree dwellers, descended from a missing link which walked upright, therefore backwards evolution. Chris, I think this is just as wrong as evolution in general is wrong. The evidence supports the biblical truth that man and apes are separate. There's variety among both, but they did not have a common ancestor. And that's just what we read when we go back to Genesis. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. 
You're listening to Crosstalk here on the VCY American Network and uh, talking about some of the questions teens are asking today, asking about the Bible, asking about life. Uh, with us, Carl Kirby, Frank Figueroa from Reasons for Hope. And uh, by the way, uh, they will be uh, with us tonight on TV30's In Focus program. And trust you'll be able to join us for the program at 7 o'clock p.m. on WVCY Channel 30. And he said, well, we don't get Channel 30. Well, we do have an app for that, uh, vcy.tv vcy.tv and no matter where you are in the country you'll be able to pick up that program live at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time and uh, we'll also be joined by Dan uh, Letha yep. this evening and uh, he'll be joining us as well an illustrator for uh, Reasons for Hope and uh, speaker there as well. We were talking about some of the questions teens are asking but I'd like to bring into our discussion as well parental instruction. Uh, we talked about that in parental interaction but what concerns what, what are you hearing from parents uh, who are just perhaps floundering out there in this world as well? What are you hearing from them as it relates to raising their own children? A lot of them are really struggling with the impact that the world is having on them because mm-hmm. of the smart devices, as we talked about before. And that's where I, I, I've told them, I said, well, if this is having such an impact, then why don't you take it away? And it's like, oh, my children will get angry. They'll, you know, they'll hate me. And I'm like, I told the parent, and I say this a few times, like, guys, don't you, didn't you read the parental handbook? Rule number three says you got to make your kids mad at you. I mean, it's it's in the rule book. It's very clear. You just got to make them mad at you for the right reasons. And sometimes it does, it is not fun making the tough call saying, no, we are going to not, this is not allowed in the house. This is the way that it is. But that's a call that we have to make as parents. So I think the biggest complaint that I'm having or concern that I'm hearing is the impact that the world is having on them. And I think that's something that we can do something about by limiting the impact that the world has on them. Let me just interact uh, here with you on this, Carl, because some time ago here on Crosstalk, we were dealing about uh, some of the violent video games out there and the impact and so forth. And and, uh, we had a a caller phoned in and told, I believe his son was eight years old or nine years old oh, yeah. and had these video games and, and talking about by the hour he was doing this. And, yeah. and, and all of a sudden he had some posters of animals in his room. And all of a sudden, as he looked at these posters, he saw the eyes starting to swirl on the posters and, and, and so forth. And I said, sir, I said, you have to take that device away. You can't, yeah. you have to say no. And he said, but he won't like me. You yeah. know, he'll be mad at me. Yeah. And I said, you have to be the parent. Now, address this issue because sometimes parents believe that I just need to be my child's next best friend. Yeah. uh, But they have a responsibility here. Absolutely. Our our children do not need buddies. They need someone that loves them enough that will just shoot them straight and say, look, no, here's here's what's going on. And I I had to do this even with my own children. Now, I'm out of the parenting business for a long time now. I mean, you're still a parent, but as far as actively having to do it because my children, I've got five grandchildren now. But it was one of those things where I had to make some tough calls with my children. No, Mm -hmm. this is not allowed. This is not who we are. We're not going to do this. And I told my daughter uh, one time, I said, Lisa, if I have even an inkling that something is going on, I am going to go down swinging for you. You are my child. And Satan doesn't play fair. I'm not going to stand by and watch something destroy you with without me fighting for you. And I think parents have to have that kind of a love where it's like, no, these are my children. I understand what the world is doing. And so I'm going to have to make a call. And you have to make the call. And yeah. it's not fun sometimes, but that's our job. You know, Frank, I think on this topic as well, sometimes a parent will say, well, if you're going to do that, then go in your room and close the door. I don't want no. to see this. Yeah. Wrong wrong move. Yeah. One of the worst things you can do is isolationism and and not just for the, the child, but for the parent. There has to be an open line of communication. In fact, one of the things that Carl said early on in ministry that really s- struck me was that without recognition, there can be no resolution. In other words, we cannot resolve to do something unless we recognize there's a problem. And we cannot recognize there's a problem unless we're actually communicating and in fellowship with one another. One of the things I think is also very difficult for parents is the definitions of things are changing. Um, I'll give you an example. Some of my most requested uh, presentations are on critical race theory or abortion or gender. And when you look at the definitions that we use today compared to what was used 30, 40 years ago, they've absolutely changed. And so they said, it's hard to communicate with my child when we're talking past each other because we're using different definitions. And so a lot of parents are very grateful to even understand the definitions 
of what is being discussed today so they can discuss it in a more truthful and honest manner. Do either of you believe that the youth of today are different than the youth of yesteryear? It would depend on in what manner. I think they're different in what they're exposed to. The culture has shifted so much that they're exposed to things that I was the bad kid, all right, growing up. I was I, I was a knucklehead. But I wasn't exposed to what these kids are at in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, they're still sinners, and we've always been sinners. But what they're being fed and what they're being allowed to be exposed to has absolutely changed. So they're getting into stuff a whole lot younger than, again, when I was a kid. And I, and I was one of those knuckleheads. I was, yeah. And I would interject that also it's also the um, the the things that youth do for rebellion seems to have a lot greater consequences because they're it's on a lot deeper level. Uh, when I was a youth, uh, being rebellious was smoking dope, you know, or, or, or doing something along those lines. Um, now we're talking about activities um, and things that can impact the rest of your life. A genetic modifications and, and mutations to the body that um, are, are far longer reaching, um, and so we're, we're, we're not we're not dealing with the same uh, rule book, if it were back in the day. Uh, things were a little more subtle. Now it just seems to be magnified to a greater extent. And I think Frank's uh, was hit something really big: is the redefining of terms. This is probably Satan's number one tool: is just let's redefine terms. And that is going on. That's why we have the whole gender thing going going on. I mean, we have to redefine what a man is. And when you got a Supreme Court justice that can't even tell you what a woman is, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. And so this has been one of Satan's big tools is to get a, a generation to the point where, well, I can define things the way that I want it to be. Well, then there's no more communication. And so that's why, again, parents, I would highly recommend you get something like the 1828 Dictionary. I think that's a great tool. I'm always one doing word searches. So find this, uh, We would, the definition for truth is you, the truth is that which has fidelity to an original. So you need to have a standard referent by which to know if everything is true or not. Pull out that 1828 dictionary. Ours ultimately is the word of God. I'm not trying to take mm-hmm. anything away from mm-hmm. that. But when it comes to terminology and things like that, bring in that 1828 dictionary, because what you'll notice is that the word science in 1828 is different than it is today. Wow. The word woman, the word, it's so... The closer you get back to the original, to me, the more accurate it's going to be. So have this place that you can use for common ground and then understand that this is a tool that Satan's going to use is to get you to use a word that it doesn't even have that meaning anymore. Carl Kirby and Frank Figueroa with us here today on Crosstalk. Uh, questions teens are asking about the Bible. And I'm looking at this book that you have, Did Jesus Commit Suicide? And 27 Other Questions. These are born out of your interactions at teen camps and yep. so forth, ministering to teens and questions they ask. Yep. But that title is, a, is, is very compelling. Yep. So let's deal with the title of the book sure. here. Yeah. How do you read your song? Did Jesus commit suicide? I mean, if, if indeed uh, suicide is a sin and Jesus laid down his life, is, well, did he commit sin? And see, that's, that was the thing that caught me because when the young person asked me that, I was like, ooh, that's a really good question. Hadn't thought of it. So I had to think about it. And the way that I came back to it is there's a couple of things. Number one, he did not commit suicide because what is suicide? Willingly taking your own life, doing something to injure yourself. And that's not what Jesus did. He sacrificed. And there's a major difference between suicide and sacrifice. And so if you, uh, if you look at what Christ did compared to someone that's uh, taking, and the motivations for doing it are totally different. Jesus's motivations for what? Were to lay down his life for the people that he loved. This is different. Suicide is not that. I, I, I say it'd be the same as, uh, I remember when uh, Ukraine and Russia were fighting and, and there were people trying to get across a bridge and the Russians had them pinned down and were shooting them. And two people had to run out onto the bridge and, and pull this pin to open the door so that the refugees could get through there. And they did it knowing that it was going to cost them their life. And they did. They got killed, but they pulled the pin and they saved a bunch of other people. They did not commit suicide. They sacrificed themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's a major difference between sacrifice and suicide. I came back, though, and I said, you know what? I don't feel like I gave a really good, strong enough answer. So that's that was a catalyst for this book. I called Juan and Frank and the whole team, Dan. I said, guys, we've got all these questions that we've been just collecting over the years. Let's put them down and start giving answers to these things in a better way. So I turned that question over to Juan because Juan's the theologian, and he did a really good job pulling out even more uh, than mm-hmm. what I had done. Frank, you also contributed to this book. And one of the things um, uh, we have 
here is that uh, in today's society, the, the talk that there's errors in the Bible, there's contradictions in the Bible, you specifically address this pertaining to the Gospels. And many people say, well, the Bible's just written by men, and uh, so there have to be errors and contradictions in the Bible. How do we deal with this issue? Um, first of all, I think would be the understanding that the Bible is God-breathed, that he actually dictated to people what it is that they needed to write down, Mm -hmm. that it wasn't a matter of man jotting down what their thoughts were, their opinions. The Holy Spirit moved in men to write. And so, therefore, if God is the author of his word, could he not keep it pure even though he was using a a sinful person to record it? Of course he could. And so you start with the premise of that. And then other than that, it's seeing things for what the scriptures actually declare them. A lot of the contradictions, uh, we we use the example of the simple C uh, analogy, uh, that they can be defined by looking at spelling uh, errors or maybe mistranslations or perspective, looking at things, whether they're literal or figurative, and then the context of the passages that are written. Uh, For instance, Jesus said that, I do not come to bring peace, but a sword. And yet he calls himself the Prince of Peace, So which is it? Doesn't that seem like an apparent contradiction? Well, no, because he came to bring peace between us and God and not necessarily peace between us and other men. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, it's understanding the contextual uh, way in which the Bible was written, the uh, proper biblical hermeneutics, um, knowing what the intent, content, context, and word choice of any particular passages, and you don't got to be a rocket scientist to understand that, but just understanding who it was written to and why it was written and who it was written from, and then looking at the whole rather than just the parts and being able to understand that God is true all the time, and that doesn't change. And so starting with that premise, then everything has to be able to make sense and be answerable, but we just got to take some time and dig into it and see what the answer is. Return to Crosstalk here on VCY America, and uh, folks, there's a, a lot of information in this book. Did Jesus commit suicide? And 27 other questions teens are asking about the Bible. Uh, Carl, you've got this available on your website. Yeah, if they go to rforh.com, you know, you'll see the uh, the store on there. If they download our app, and all you have to do for the app is, again, just search for on your app store, rforh. And you'll see a blue asterisk on a black background. And at the very bottom, there's a tab that says merch. And that would lead them straight to the store on the uh, on the website. And uh, if you did the app, I'm telling you, there's hours of content on there. And it's all free. Everything on there is free other than when you go to the store. We do have some books like this that uh, that we sell. But, yeah, it's uh, very easily accessible. You can even get it on Amazon. Maybe, maybe some folks out, out there have... Um, Amazon Prime, you know, that Kindle Prime thing, right? I got Kindle Prime. It's it's available on there, so you can read it on there under your uh, your Prime program. Some of the questions, why does God create homosexuals and then condemn them? Why is pornography so wrong? How did we get so many races of people? Why is abortion wrong if God allows us to choose? Uh, what about aliens? How do we know what the real and what is what is real, what is fake? How do you bring your friends, uh, bring up God with your friends? Uh, is the earth 415 million years old? Many other questions as well you'll find in that book and uh, available at uh, the Reasons for Hope website. That's R, the word for, F-O-R, R4H dot com. And uh, you'll be able to find it there. We've got some more information after the break, and we'll find out why these gentlemen are in town anyways here. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Crosstalk. Do you take time daily to study the Word of God? Do you go through the Bible systematically and read with comprehension? Do you desire to learn more than what you have in the past? VCY America is offering a package set of four books by Ron Rhodes from Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministries. These Bible study books provide a systematic approach to help you gain better understanding of the Bible. Included in this set is 90 Days Through the New Testament in Chronological Order, providing overviews, powerful insights, and personal application. 40 Days Through Genesis, discover the story that started it all. 40 Days Through Daniel, Revealing God's Plan for the Future, and 40 Days Through Revelation, Uncovering the Mystery of the End Times. These four books are available as our way of saying thank you for your donation of $49 or more by calling VCY America at 1-800-729-9829. Don't let the lack of a Bible study plan keep you from daily devotions. 
Call 1-800-729-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. With us in studio today, we have Carl Kirby and Frank Figueroa from uh, Reasons for Hope. Again, their website, R, that's the letter R, for F-O-R-H dot com. And uh, you'll learn more information. See, your website also has a toll-free number, uh, 1-800-552-HOPE. Yes, sir. 6473. Uh, and uh, you can contact them if you need to on uh, obtaining some of the resources there as well. So uh, you're in southeast Wisconsin for a particular reason. Tell yeah. us about it. Oh, we're so excited. Academy of Excellence, they've been uh, some longtime friends as well. They've got the brick-and-mortar uh, charter schools here in Milwaukee that we, we will be speaking at day after tomorrow. But uh, tomorrow, their online school, they're bringing 165 of their folks down to the Chicago Field Museum. We've rented a room. We're going to go into the Chicago Field Museum. I've been doing this for a number of years. Mm-hmm. We rent a room. We go in. We teach. Then the kids go up and apply what they've learned in the exhibits. They come back down. We'll have a working lunch where we give them the answers to everything that they were searching for in the first part. And then we send them back up, and they go through Evolving Planet, and they apply again. Then they come back down, and we do a, a final wrap-up. So it is a busy, busy day for those guys. But they're going through the Chicago Field Museum, and we're prayerfully training them so that they in the future can start leading tours through the museum, because, man, the museums and the zoos, aquariums, those places are wonderful mission fields for us. We walk in, here's what God said, here's what the world says, here's what we actually see. Don't be afraid of their signage. Use their signage to teach the truth. And when you do that, they are, I mean, our tax dollars are paying for those places. So why aren't we in there? Here's what the world says. Take a look. It doesn't fit with what we see in the actual world around us. So you're not, in, you're not intimidated by the signs. Oh, no, I love the signs. I think they're wonderful because, on, uh, like Dan's going to do a wonderful thing on which came first, the chicken or the egg. Well, it depends on your worldview. We don't have an evidence problem. We have an interpretation of evidence problem, mm-hmm. which ultimately is impacted by the worldview. And he's going to give them a great illustration. He's actually made a custom art that he drew up for it. And so uh, the kids are going to be competing to get this custom art that Dan did uh, for that illustration. So it, it's, I think it's going to be a fun day. Yeah. We're going to – Frank and April will be there. Dan will be there. I'll be there. So we'll we'll position ourselves around certain animals to give them more tidbits and, and engage with them. So it's really application of our faith in the real world. Wow. So that's taking place tomorrow at the Chicago Field Museum. And you've done zoo tours as well. You made yeah. reference to that. And if people go to your app, yeah. they can actually benefit from from your study uh, at any zoo around the country. Oh, yeah. There's two areas. If they go to Presentation Tools, you'll see the Milwaukee Zoo Tour. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a leader's edition in there that's got the answers to the questions that we ask. And yeah. then there's a uh, the animal information. But then there's also, if they go down to four kids, there's a wonder, there's two wonderful tools in there. One is called uh, Fast Facts, and it's their 90-second videos. And then there's a study that goes with each one of those 90-second videos. So it's one month, four animals, six animals. Parents, sit down with your children children over a meal. Yes, eat meals together and get rid of all the other distractions. And, and, and just talk about these things. Talk about this animal. You don't even have to watch the video. You can read the booklet that's on there, the free PDF. It's in there, full color, questions based on the study, and coloring sheets even if you have someone like me that has to do something with their hands to keep them focused. Uh, so you got Fast Facts, but then you've got a Draw and Know It section, which is Dan's, our artist guy, that's going to be there tonight. And he's a phenomenal teacher, teaching them how to draw specific animals, but not only teaching them how to draw, but then teaching about the animals themselves. And we got a brand new zoo guide. I just brought you that. that yes, it's beautiful. Off the press. Yeah, it is amazing to see this. Uh, Beautiful, uh, full color, and uh, the illustrations are just beautiful. Very captivating. I mean, anybody can pick this up and say, you know, yeah. I want to learn something from here. Yeah, there's the first one are eight animals from Africa. You, as a parent, as a grandparent, can now take this in there and give your children these. This is rock-solid evidence, okay? Now, the interpretation of it is where we come in and say, here's what why the world says naturalistic processes, but this is what God says. And take a look at this. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. Those who listen to Fast Facts with Carl Kirby on VCY America on the weekends, uh, you'll find many of the things you talk about on the radio broadcast, but all put here in print, full color, lots of information. You don't have to wait for the next week for the next minute to come out. (laughs) And uh, also the apologetics uh, as well is uh, your speaker on that. And uh, I know powerful tools to help equip. And that's really what this is about is, is giving the proper equipment uh, and Frank, that's so important in times like these. Yes, um, it. We don't have a like Carl said. We don't have a problem with the evidence. We have a problem with the interpretation mm-hmm. of the evidence, and it all comes down to presupposition. 
what it is that we actually believe to be true before even interpreting the evidence. But one of the things I like most about Reasons for Hope and and a few other ministries is that we don't use the evidence to determine the truth. The truth is determined by God and His Word. Mm, amen. And therefore, we start with that presupposition that mm-hmm. what God has spoken in His Word is true all of the time, 100% of it. Then, as we look at the evidence, we have a proper understanding on how to examine the evidence. Uh, some people use the illustration of the glasses that we look through. That determines how we view things. Uh, if we look around without our glasses on, all three of us in this room have our glasses on, and without that, the world would look very different. Yeah. In the same way, if we put on the Bible and view the world that we see through around us through those lenses of the biblical truth, it impacts the way we see things, and I would argue we could see it for what it really is rather than just a blurred interpretation of what really is. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. The clock is moving too fast for us here today, but I'd like to open our phone lines, and particularly, I'd like to ask you a question before I hit the open line on the phones, and that is, perhaps you're a parent and you're struggling. There's some question your teen has come to you, your college-age young person said, has asked you a question, you don't know how to deal with that issue. Um, feel free to give us a call here today, or uh, perhaps you're struggling with a question yourself as it relates to uh, our topic of discussion here today about the Bible, the truth the authenticity of God's Word. Our phone number here, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829 today for Crosstalk. And again, some of the other questions that are presented in the book, um, here, here is one. How do you know something is true with absolute certainty if you have not witnessed it? If God made Adam and Eve in the beginning, where were the dinosaurs? Uh, weren't they before that time? Were cavemen and cavewomen ancestors to humans today? Uh, do you really think that Jonah lived in a whale for three days? How can I fight and overcome fear? These are just a sampling of the many questions. Uh, were the days in Genesis really days? Uh, many issues pertaining to origins as well. You'll find in that book, Did Jesus Commit Suicide? Our number to crosstalk, 800-733-9829. I just also want to point out that this Friday evening, November 18th, uh, Carl's going to be speaking at the Souls Harbor Baptist Church at 7 p.m., Noah's Flood, Fact or Fantasy. Uh, coming up. Uh, I know he's speaking at a, a, a youth and college age event uh, in Menominee Falls uh, Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday, uh, open event uh, for you to hear him at Calvary Baptist Church, Menominee Falls. What is the best evidence God created at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., becoming bold, know it, live it, share it. And 6 p.m., you can get something from nothing debunked, <laughs> you'll be able to catch those uh, message titles in. But uh, our phone lines are filled, so let's go to the callers right now. Uh, we've got uh, Josh calling in from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Josh, you're on the air. Hi. So I just, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, the question about uh, the Savior killing himself is just goes back to the basic understanding that he was sinless. And so, you know, murder and murdering yourself included is one of those sins that is talked about in the Ten Commandments. And as we can clearly see, sin is any time we transgress the law, the law which lasts forever, as spoken of in Psalm 119. Um, And so if that law was transgressed in any way, that would make him a sinner, obviously, and that he can't be a perfect sacrifice. So clearly he didn't kill himself, but he also didn't break any of the other laws of the Torah, and we should walk as he walked. And in Romans 3.31, it says we shouldn't do away with the law, but we should establish it continually. Um, can't do animal sacrifices in a temple that isn't there, but there are certain laws like Sabbath on the seventh day of the week starting at sunrise that we should keep too and uh, try to repent towards obedience to Torah and not trying to say that it's done away with. Thank you. Thank you for your comments on that. Uh, we do know, though, that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law, and I know you're you're broadening this to, to many different things. And uh, uh, we, uh, gentlemen, your response? I'll hit specifically on the uh, suicide thing, because CDC defines, and like I told you, I'm a big one on definitions, mm-hmm. suicide is death caused by injuring oneself with the intent to die. And that is not what Jesus did. When you take a look, I love the scripture that he quoted about thou shalt not murder and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, the injuries that Christ suffered were not self-inflicted. He was beaten by the Romans, so that it wasn't self-inflicted. Uh, Jesus didn't desire to die. I mean, think about his request. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. 
And he tells us that in Matthew 26. And then the, the third thing is he wasn't depressed. He was here to offer true hope. So, yeah, what Jesus did was sacrifice. It was not It was not a suicide thing. So I love the points in the scriptures. Actually, very, very important yeah. that he did not break any of those. But we understand also that uh, we don't follow the Old Testament law right, as right, we right, see right. it. The, the, the idea being that the... The whole point of the law was to show us that we couldn't follow the law. Mm-hmm. Um, and that what that's what points us towards a savior, because all of us, if we were able and capable to actually follow the law to the letter, as Jesus did, he said, in fact, not one jot or tittle will pass away from this law until it is fulfilled. We wouldn't need someone who had fulfilled it mm-hmm. in, in the form of a savior and his name being Jesus. And so the idea is that uh, even in the Sabbath, uh, Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our rest. And so although we should have times of rest uh, in the Lord, clearly, um, it no longer is us satisfying the law in that way, but that Jesus has satisfied the law. And in him, we are propitiated his righteousness and um, we can live for him uh, without having to worry that the next thing I do is going to break the law and keep me out of heaven because he was the one who accomplished and fulfilled it totally. Josh, thanks for the call. We've got many lined up behind you. Uh, Mary in central Wisconsin, you're on the air. So much. Uh, we're hearing a lot about the word device. And if you take that word and look it up, particularly in the collegiate dictionary, here's what you're going to get a plan, scheme, or trick for effecting a particular purpose. Another definition for device leave to one's own devices, to leave alone to do as one, one pleases. Now, how many times can we relate that to biblical conversation? Mm-hmm. On the Satanic Bible, there is a statement inside his wall in the cover, and it says, do as you please. Obviously, there is Satanic agency besides uh, involving this word. Thank you, Mary, for your thoughts on that uh, that issue here today. Uh, the devices of the evil one are yeah. many. Oh, yeah. And Satan has been very wise and he knows our weaknesses. He knows the buttons to push. And so, yeah, we do have to be very smart. And Again, parents, just be so careful. I would highly, highly encourage you to not let your children have the smart devices. Um, And if they have to have one, then get them something like, and I'm going to advertise, Gab Wireless. It looks like a smartphone, but it's not a smartphone. (laughs) If they have to have a phone, get them something that, uh, you know, they can do something. They can make the phone call to get a hold of you if you have to do that. Uh, So, But stay away from the devices at all possible. We've got James calling from Kentucky. James, you're on the air. Uh, Yes. I just had a statement on the Jesus suicide. I agree with what he said. In I think all sin starts with selfishness, and I think that's what suicide is, is being selfish. Amen. And what Jesus did, selfless. Amen. You know? I mean, he sacrificed everyone on this planet, everyone born. Yeah. And I, I, I am uh, trying to do the same thing. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I've got grandkids. My kids are grown up, but... I'm trying to keep the vices out of the, out of my grandkids' hands. Well, but uh, and if I'm wrong on that, uh, you can let me know. I'll take my comments uh, on. Thank you so much. No, it takes a fellow Kentuckian to get that right. So, brother, you got it right. You're on the money. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back to more of your calls. Our telephone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Again, the website for Reasons for Hope, R, that's the letter R, the word for, F-O-R-H, dot com. Back in a minute, this is Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Well, the 2022 midterms are now over. What happened? Well, the red wave never happened. Is that because of voter fraud? It seems pretty clear there was voter fraud involved. But what's most disturbing to me, in addition to that, is the number of propositions that passed that are pro-abortion, that are for abortion on demand at extreme late terms. And then the laws related to undermining parental authority when it comes to minors having abortions without their parents' knowledge or permission. And then the propositions passing that deal with transgenderism and transitioning of children. Are these really passing? Is this the moral decay that America has come to? If so, fraud set aside, 
America is receiving the leaders they deserve and God's judgment. I'm Brandon House. You're listening to Crosstalk here on VCY America. Questions teens ask about the Bible, and friends, we have done nothing but scratch the surface on this issue. Uh, it is uh, very uh, voluminous, the the many issues, and uh, so many are covered in the book, Did Jesus Commit Suicide? that uh, you'll find at that website, r4h.com, or 1-800-552-HOPE. And uh, taking your calls here today on Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. We've got Blanche calling from Bainbridge, Ohio. Hi, Blanche, you're on the air. Hi, I'm glad you, thank you for taking my call. And I have a question for the person that's on there. Why? It says, don't take away from God's Word. But when it's, it, they're saying in there, it says, and the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and she became a child. And it says the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you in all truth. If I go not away, then when I go away, I will send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and it will lead you and guide you in all truth. But any day, almost now, everyone is saying, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not what the Bible says. It said the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, but they're using that. Are they so scared of that word, Holy Ghost? And why are they changing it so much? And I hear so many people doing that. Okay, thank you for the question. I think that's one of our translational uh, questions. In other words, uh, I, I, uh, I'm not positive of what the Greek word for uh, spirit is versus ghost uh, at this time, but I think that's where you would look up uh, in the Greek or Hebrew, depending on which uh the context of what mm-hmm. you're looking in, uh, probably the Greek, because uh, he's primarily mentioned in the New Testament. But the idea being that is there a translational difference or is the Greek word the same? Because we're using English words now instead of um, Greek words. And I would probably argue that they're probably the same Greek word. Yeah. And, and Numa may be in the Greek. I'm not sure if it, if it is or not. I know Numa has to do with the person's spirit. But um, anyway, um, it, it would be a good good uh, research, uh, question to ask. And, and as we look, even opening up King James Version of the Bible here, we're mm-hmm. going to see Holy Ghost used at times and Holy Spirit used at times. So we're talking about one and the same. Interchangeable, yes. Mm-hmm. Just looking up something that says English terms Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit are complete synonyms. One derived from the old yeah. English gas and the other from the Latin loan word spiritus. So it seems that... I'm not afraid to say Holy Ghost. Let me put it like that. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, that's one of the same. One of the same. Thank you for the call. Dave in Lake Linden, Michigan, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, I just want to share uh, the, the, the best uh, uh, biblical uh, rationale for the Bible being the Word of God is the one uh, that Nicodemus uh, said to Jesus in John chapter 3. He said, uh, teacher, we know uh, that that you are, you know, a teacher sent from God because nobody could do the miracles that you do unless he were sent from God. Uh, that is true uh, biblical uh, uh, proof that that uh, that Jesus is a bona fide, certified uh, miracle worker uh, fr- from from God because mm-hmm. nobody could do the things that he did unless. Uh, God were with him. Well, what was Christ's attitude to the Bible of his day? His attitude was uh, the scriptures cannot be broken. Uh, And he would quote it left and right with great authority. And when he rebuked the religious leaders of his day, he said, you err because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. And so the attitude of of, of Christ toward the Bible of his day was that uh, it was, in fact, something to be relied upon with with 100% authority, as it really is, the Word of God. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, Yes, his works are testimony. His words are a testimony as well. Amen. Jesus Christ quoted Genesis 11 times, and uh, every time he quoted it, he quoted it as real history. Mm -hmm. He used another term, uh, it is written, and he used a term, have you not read? He used have you not read 30 times. So what is he telling us? I've given you answers. Why don't you trust me? It's in my word. So I think you're right on the money, my friend. Thank you for the call. We're going to squeeze one last question in. Uh, Gloria in uh, Minnesota, you're on the air, Gloria. Hello, and thank you for taking my call. I just want to make a a little remark about my—I'm 83, Mm. and the fact that question about 
Jesus committing suicide has never entered my mind, yep. nor anybody I've talked to. Yep. So, you know, the Bible says that Satan crawls like, or prowls like a hungry uh, lion waiting to devour, and uh, I think this has got to be something that he has started just mm. to put... Uh, and Carol, it's astounding that you've, you've been asked that more than once. Yeah, and, and, and I think you're so correct, ma'am, because this... I can go back five years, and the questions that I got asked five years ago when I went on radio were different than the ones they are today. And that's because, again, this culture has shifted, and I mean no disrespect to the mature generation, but it has shifted so dramatically that many times it's hard for us to even understand how bad it really has become uh, with the questions that are asked. I mean, transgender, uh, come on, what, five years ago, nobody thought of these kind of things that you can't even define what a woman is, what a man is. That just wasn't around. So it has shifted so dramatically and so badly that this is the kind of stuff we're dealing with now. So I agree with you. I had never thought of Jesus committing suicide until last year in the middle of a camp. I get asked that. And since I've been asked it at least five times. Yeah. And the book addresses that and many other issues. But the answer is no, Jesus did not commit suicide. Uh, Thank you for the call here today. We are out of time for additional calls. But uh, I I guess as we uh, bring this all to a conclusion, one of the lessons coming from your book and from your ministry itself is not just what to think, but you're trying to train people how to think. Amen. That's the key, because once you treat, uh, teach someone how to use the Word of God as their authority and their standard, then the world becomes like a this amazing opportunity for ministry. The zoos, the museums, the aquariums, all of that, they just become places that we can go in and and teach with authority. Because what we see in the world is consistent with what we read in the Word of God. We just have to teach a generation how to apply that. Carol, thank you for being with us here today. Frank, thank you as well. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, friends, those of you who have access uh, to our app or watching over the air, WVCY Channel 30, tonight at 7 o'clock, and uh, they'll have another colleague joining them this evening. We'll be dealing with the topic, What is Truth? And a uh, matter of fact, uh, some of the debunked videos that have been produced, uh, tremendous tools in debunking the philosophies of our day. And uh, certainly some of the questions that are thrown or hurled at individuals today, too, uh, some of those issues uh, get debunked. And uh, we'll share some of those tonight at uh, TV30's In Focus program, 7 o'clock. And uh, download the uh, the app or go online, vcy.tv. Again, for information here on uh, the uh, the books and resources, you'll find a ton of information on Reasons for Hope website. That's letter R, the word for, F-O-R, H.com, R4H.com. And uh, for those of you in southeast Wisconsin, again, uh, Carl speaking this uh, coming Friday evening, Souls Harbor Baptist Church, and on the Lord's Day, Sunday, November 20th, Calvary Baptist Church, Menominee Falls. Our time is gone. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Take Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.